0: Well, hello and welcome to Broad's You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women. I am Sarah Gorski.
1: I'm Sam Eggers.
2: And I'm Chloe Skye.
0: We are here today with another Broadly Speaking episode, and specifically today we are raising a glass and toasting a great broad who just left the plane of existence here on Earth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
1: Cheers. And cheers, cheers.
0: Cheers to RBG, the Notorious RBG. Listeners, she's going to probably get a full episode at some point. This isn't going to be her full episode. I just felt the need to have to say a few things about her awesomeness and the legacy that she paved and left behind. And she was an awesome broad. So I just want to take a second where, I, you know, I, how do you even talk about someone who, who's had such a long storied career and I think you know there's so much of surrounding her death right like we're going through all this drama right now with her replacement immediately the the lens shifts to the her replacement and all the Mm -hmm. drama we're seeing politically but I like I heard the news it was two Fridays ago from this recording date and immediately I burst into tears because I had like I knew that she had had I've uh, been fighting cancer again, you know, and I knew that, that she was going through that. Because this is, like, also, like, the sixth time she's fought cancer. That's the
1: thing. So you hear it and we just think, oh, she'll she'll beat it again.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and no doubt, like, I'm incredibly worried about the replacement situation, but at the same time, I just was so sad to lose such a bright, shining star in, like, the feminist firmament. So, yeah, I just, I wanted to share, like, s- the things that I love the most about her, which is super selfish of me. <laughs> Um, but also I want you guys to share the things, you know, and love or, or don't love, or maybe there's controversy or, you know, we all have different perspectives on who she was and what she did and why she is important and why she, you know, maybe even was problematic, but I just love her. So RBG, the first woman to lie in state in the Capitol, by the way, which is mm-hmm. rad. I saw that. Yeah. Which is so rad. And apparently the first Jewish person to do so as well. Yeah. Oh which wow. i did not know.
2: That's impressive. Um, do you guys I'm kind of telling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you guys know very much about like her? So obviously she's been this like huge like cultural almost like pop culture icon now um, because of her her dissent in the last few court cases when she's been on the Supreme Court. But do you guys know much about her before her tenure on the Supreme Court?
1: Only what was in the movie that Felicity Jones was in. <laughs> we were just talking about i'm only laughing because we were just talking about felicity jones and how none of us really like her that much
2: right but, well, this episode's going to come out way before that episode
1: oh so. okay uh. so spoiler
0: <laughs> yeah spoiler
2: in the future you may hear us talk about felicity in jones in the
0: future also like i just this is like i mean i I always get so mad when, like, an American icon is played by a British person. I'm like, damn it. Can't American actors ever play our own icons? Yes. (laughs) Um, But that's my own personal actor problem, I suppose. Well, she had a huge... So the reason she was appointed to the Supreme Court in the first place was that she had this huge, amazing career before she was on the Supreme Court. And I, like, while her dissents and all that pop culture stuff, which I think people are more familiar with... Are awesome. I just want to take a second and talk about some of her really early work. And especially, she was one of the founders of the Women's Rights Project with the ACLU, which was responsible for a ton of court cases that paved the way for equal rights between the sexes. I'm sure you guys have like. In all these little tributes that have been coming out, if you've heard these like little audio snippets and stuff, like the reason that women can sign for mortgages, the women, mm-hmm. the reason that like there's all this huge laundry list of, of things that she, cases that she was a part of and paved the way with. I think the thing that blows my mind the most about her is that the cases that she got all these victories in like the the court system legally women are have been so stacked against for for so long and people were not interested in trying cases and in and the courts weren't interested in in like hosting cases for women's rights people were not interested in women's rights but ruth was she was you know she was a huge proponent of it like having lost jobs because she got pregnant, et cetera, et cetera. She'd experienced a lot of the sexism that, that women have to deal with and the equal pay issues. But because she couldn't kind of approach these cases from this the angry feminist side, she ended up taking these cases for equal rights by suing on behalf of men for similar inequalities. So like there was this one case where... Like they, this man, his he was widowed, his wife was killed, and he was not given the same rights as a woman would in terms of like childcare. Oh, I'm not gonna say it right. Getting her social security pension, is this the one? Yeah, it was the social security. So he was not granted like a widower's pension that a woman would have gotten because he was a man. And so Ruth was like, she sees this case and she's like, this case has potential to achieve for women what they need, but because we're going to try it for on behalf of a man, we're going to get the respect and the results we need. And she did this more than once. So she basically like took the the back roads way of accomplishing equal sex rights by not fighting on behalf of the women, but but fighting on behalf of the men who are kind of suffering on the opposite end of the spectrum. When I learned that about her, my mind is just blown, right? Like here's a woman who's seeing the system who can't work for women. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna figure out how to make it work for women. And it's well said like in the kind of feminist like writings that, you know, she she is considered a feminist but she wasn't like pro-women fe- feminism. What she was fighting for was equality among the sexes. Okay, you guys, I'm going to pause super quick because I have some really exciting news that I want to share with you guys and with all of our listeners. I know that a lot of us are super wound up in the current news cycle and specifically in the election news because that is coming up super fast, less than a month. And I have a lot of friends who ask me, how can I do anything to support and make a difference I don't even know where to start and so I'm super excited because this collaboration I'm doing with a buddy of mine actually answers that question for everybody and specifically for people who want to support all of the amazing broads who are running for office right now who you could donate to right now to help them get into office so my buddy over at shower caps blog a political blog has put together the fascist flushing 2020 action guide both for the house and and for the Senate, and he goes over all of the really important races for this election cycle and he talks about each of the candidates, both the Democratic candidate as well as their GOP opponent, and cites a bunch of the sources and talks about how great they are, and gives you all these links where you can read more, and he also has links where you can donate directly to that candidate. He also, to make it even easier for people, puts together what are called six-packs, which are a group of six candidates centered around uh, a single issue. For instance, we have a six-pack about flipping the Senate. So if you're like really obsessed with flipping the Senate, you could go to that six-pack and your donation there would get split amongst all six of those awesome candidates. So fast forward to my part in this. um, He has asked me to put together my own six-pack, and because I'm so obsessed with broads, (laughs) I put together a six-pack about broads, but as I was reading about all the candidates, I kept putting together more six-packs, and now I have three six-packs that are broad-centric. I have the bootstrapping broads, the BIPOC broads, and the badass fighting broads. Uh, I just have to tell you, the chicks that are listed on these pages are going to blow your minds. They're going to blow your minds. And they all apply to those themes that they are labeled with. So if you are interested in helping the bootstrapping broads, the BIPOC broads, or the badass fighting broads, you should go to broadsoushouldknow.com slash election. Click through the buttons to read more and then click donate if you want to help get those badass chicks into office, leading our country, and making a difference. You can be a part of it. com slash election. Um, And the Women's Rights Project went on to to be like one of the more successful civil justice, like fighting for equality, branch. like they've done quite a lot in the storied history like that. That was founded like in the 90s, in the 1970s under Ruth. And then obviously she had to step away once she joined the Supreme Court. But they've just done a huge amount of things um, for people. And that's even before these rock star cases that she dissented on and stuff like that. And I like love and respect that so much.
1: It makes me think of with when a lot of you know, when, when she passed and it was such a like you're saying Sarah Tweezka, it was such a gut punch. It was just like yeah. oh my god. And uh and, and 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 just sort of surreal too, because she's always been there as this just like icon of feminism and um sort of we just it's it's so weird. She's she's always been there our whole lives and then for it to just be just like, Oh my god, it didn't even seem real, right? I think everyone felt just totally shocked. I'm sure Washington insiders knew that she was, that was not a shock to them, but to all of us, it obviously was. Um, but when all those like memes came out and there were a bunch of quotes from her, there was one that I thought was so great where she was like, don't let your, don't, don't give in to anger or fear. I'm, I'm really loosely paraphrasing, but it's like, don't give in to your anger or your fear um, because that, that doesn't accomplish the task. Right. You know, she, she's like, that's useless. Put your energy on what is your action. And so like when you're talking about her going, like looking at the situation and going, if we approach it from trying on the man's behalf, I think of that where she's like, it's useless. It's a waste of energy to get angry right now. It's a, use of energy to, a waste of energy to just be furious about this. The solution, I'm going to find the solution and I'm just going to do that. And that's where my
0: energy goes. Yeah. And apparently she was a workhorse. She worked her ass off her whole life, her whole career. I found this great article because, um, of course, I've been like obsessively reading everything since so many people are posting things and new articles and like tributes and stuff like that. There was one article that was like, let's not forget also that she had a super non-traditional marriage because her husband, Marty, um, they both were in law. But she was much, like her star shone over his like she like she took it. I think he was doing like financial law or something like that at the beginning of their career. But he saw all of this greatness in her and how good she was and he didn't care that it made that he wasn't as good and he was like the main cook and like like she didn't give a shit about cooking and she said whenever like all of the paralegals it would be their birthdays that he would be the one who like baked a cake and sent it along (laughs) um and she'd be like this is from marty happy birthday (laughs) They, they had like a super you know, what I hate to say modern relationship, Mm -hmm. but like what I I think of as an ideal relationship where you just support each other and there's not ego about it. It's Mm -hmm. just like this.
2: Was he Jewish as well?
0: I believe so.
2: Because I've heard that that's more common in in Jewish marriages that like, if the wife is the one who's more successful, that the man's like, okay, cool. I'll just do the housework then. Like, I don't know if that's, that could be apocryphal or made up or, but that's what I, I, I heard that somewhere.
0: Oh, I don't
1: know. Well, in the movie, and I don't. I'm assuming the movie was at least pseudo accurate. Um, <laughs> but in the movie, when they're both in law school, he gets cancer, and he is thinking he has to drop out. And when he is recovering and from his treatment, he's going through treatment. She goes to her classes and she goes to his classes and takes notes and then comes home and is like, "I'm going to teach you what you
0: missed in class." Yeah, today. she does. Wow. And they have like I think they have like a kid at home too. She's yeah. like, so she's like parenting and yeah, attending
1: yeah.
2: double school.
0: Yeah, it's just I think incredible. that that I think that that's accurate for Sam. I think that the movie actually maybe got that part right.
2: <laughs> oh, it just blows my mind. That's amazing.
0: Yeah they like paved the way for, even at like the ACLU, there were all these powerhouse lawyer women that were working there on the Women's Rights Project and the WRP, they call it in all, all the mags I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they used to, like, used to bring their kids and it was like the first time it, you were ever allowed to bring your kids. And they would like, you know, like the, the intern or whatever would go walk the kids in the stroller and come back and you know, cause they had, were doing all this massive work on these massive cases that were just like, you know, really difficult. And they just didn't care. And they brought their kids and they paved the road for what it's what it is to be a working woman who's really fucking good at her job, and isn't going to apologize or take time off. She's just going to keep working and working and working. God, she was great. Wasn't she great?
1: It's yeah, it's incredibly sad. And I think a lots of people have said this, like, you know, that it's so sad that there isn't like, it doesn't feel like there's time to mourn her because everyone is immediately sort of shifting into, oh, God, what's coming down the pipeline? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I and then when you when you suggested doing this, Sarah, there was kind of a part of me that didn't want to do it only because I have such anxiety and and uh, fear about what this means for the country moving forward that I sort of was just like, Oh God, I don't know. Like, it just, it's such an awful thing to, 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 have happened and to talk about, but it's so important to do and to agno- just acknowledge her, her contribution. So I'm, I, but now that we're doing it, it I'm not filled with all of the anxiety. So I'm glad we're doing it.
0: I, you know, that's what I said, you know, immediately I was like thrown into that, like, Oh God, he's, she's going to be replaced by somebody awful, but we have got to celebrate the life of great people, like, no matter what is to follow, no matter what's going to happen now, she, she's she got to be celebrated and lifted up. And, you know, there's, there's people behind her that are going to come up and they're going to help fill those giant shoes. Like, she wasn't the only... I think it's such a mistake to think that she's the only one who was fighting for people's rights. Like, that's just not true. There's so many people out there. But she was the first kind of of her generation. Like, she broke through all these ceilings that were in front of her that, like, women were not there's the story about how she was like one of like six women at Harvard law school. And they're all at like dinner at the Dean's house, which always happened for like the first years or whatever. And the Dean literally looked at these six women and were like, tell me why you deserve this seat more than a man. Why are you here instead of a man? It's like, that's the shit she faced, Mm -hmm. you know, that is. And like, nobody wanted her to clerk for them because they all just wanted dudes. And You know, she's she was a fighter then and a fight, you know, she just kept persisting. You know, I know that's like Elizabeth Warren's catchphrase now, but she just fucking persisted. Mm -hmm. And she got in that space where she wasn't supposed to be, quote, supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And she made herself relevant and she made herself important and her voice and the voice of the people that she represented important. And even her, like, I don't, you know, with, with the, when you get to be icon status, there's all this, like, I feel like all this inherent drama kind of seeps in to things. But, like, it should be noted that, like, her and Scalia, you know, Justice Scalia, were often on the opposite end of rulings. Mm-hmm. But they had, like, massive deep respect for each other. And Scalia only spoke really well of her. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't throw stones at each other. They were, they were colleagues who respected each other. And... You know, that's the world that I want to live in where, like, we can disagree, but we can still hear each other and respect each other. Because we right now, we just like seem to live in some kind of glass house and everyone's throwing stones.
2: Thanks for that social media.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of reasons for, for that. and And maybe some of the results will be good of it. But it also like, I wish we, you know, I don't want it to be like the old days. I'm not that old. But like, I don't know. She comes from this era of like dignity and just like you know what, I'm not going to yell about being, you know, I'm not going to yell about the fact that I'm a woman being shut out. I'm just going to find a different door in. And that's kind of like always been my approach anyway as a feminist. Like that's always been how I've, dudes think I can't do it. I'm just going to show them I can, you know, who? like let's just do it. Because yelling about it's not very productive to me. Mm-hmm. So, and then when I read more and more about her and her approach being that, I'm like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I'm in the RBG camp. Yes. <laughs> Well, I don't, that's all I wanted to share. We don't have to, you know. Well, maybe I'll do a whole episode about her later, but um, you sh- she's definitely you worth.
1: For sure, yeah.
0: there's enough there for sure. For mm-hmm. for
1: oh my gosh, yeah, one
0: if not maybe a few episodes, but
2: but we've lost a, a true icon. And, cheers uh, to
0: Rbg. She was quite to quite cheers the to RBG. broad. All right, guys, thanks for listening uh, to our Toast to RBG. And we will see you again, hopefully, next week for another Broad You Should Know. But raise a glass to RBG, and you guys have a great week.